Okay. All right. Welcome to the Say Cal Say podcast. Thank you so, so much for being here with me today. I have Carrie Ford. She is a podcast manor, manager and a content strategist. When she's not weaving magic behind the scene, you can find her immersed in the world of spirituality and self-development or out in nature. Um, so Carrie and I have connected through rapid resolution therapy, which has been a modality of therapy that has changed our lives immensely. And I, I honestly can't even really remember how Carrie and I exchanged numbers. I think it was after some kind of rapid resolution therapy training, but we have the best freaking conversations about manifestation and intention and spirituality and just the way that the unconscious mind works. And so I had to share her with you guys today. She is such a gem. So Carrie, thank you so much for being here with me today. How are you? Oh, thank you for that wonderful introduction. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I love it. I'm so happy you're here. Are yeah, you doing good that. today? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Amazing. I was going to say the RRT community is so beautiful and has connected me to so many beautiful people, including you. So I'm just so grateful that we found each other, you know, it's, it's so, so cool. I love that they have just like brought so many people together and just all the free trainings that they have is just amazing. And so, so yes. Um, okay, well, let's dive into it. So um, Carrie and I's focus today is going to be on fear, success, business, and subconscious reprogramming, which is something that we are obsessed with and could talk for hours about. Um, so Carrie, how would you define manifestation? Like, how did you even get into this? Great, great question. I suppose I will go into how I discovered manifestation first. Um, it goes way back, actually. So I've been in the spiritual slash self-development world for probably coming up on 10 years. I um, stumbled upon this world through books. Um, I had a cousin, actually, who was kind of introducing me to all of these new concepts. And like any young person who's going through their spiritual journey, I found my way to a crystal shop and, you know, wandered over to the book section and found Wayne Dyer books and Law of Attraction books and pretty much Wayne Dyer and Esther Hicks, which I have the books right there, um, were probably the first ones that I gravitated towards. And when I found out that you can actually change your reality, it's not like life just happens to you. You actually have a say-so in how your life unfolds, it was just like the world opened up for me and I just became obsessed with learning more and more and more. Um, that's, that's the short story. So over the past eight to 10 years that I've been studying this, the way I would describe manifestation is just simply having an intention and then having the intention happen. So there's a lot in between having the intention and having it quote unquote manifest. To me, the word manifest just means bringing it to this physical 3D reality. Um, and there's so many ways that you can manifest things. But I, I guess to me, the main um, component of it is just being a co-creator with reality and having a hand in creating the thing that you want to create. So to make it like simple and easy to understand, it's like, you can have a thought in your mind, like I want to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And you can think about the peanut butter, the jelly and the bread, 
But when you have the intention to make a sandwich, you put them all together, you manifested the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So that's like a simple way to do it. Obviously, there's way more complex things that you can manifest. But um, I guess to me, that's like the gist of it. I love that you put it in such a simple, I've never heard it put that way before. Like if you want to make a peanut butter and jelly, you just do this, 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 and a peanut butter and jelly manifests. And I love the simplicity of that because I think that a lot of people think that manifestation is this thing that they need to learn how to do, like that it's a foreign concept and that it's very woo woo. And, but like, I love, I love the concept of it because like, it's, it's literally something we're always doing all the time. Like, exactly. At, like your life is a manifestation of who you are, what you believe to be true, like what you think is possible for you. So like everybody is already an expert manifester. It's just a matter of like fine tuning your beliefs to take you in the direction that you actually want to go. 100%. And I love that you said everybody's already an expert in manifestation. And it's so true. It's just most people aren't aware of it. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the other part of it is that you can manifest what you want. And then of course there's a flip side. You can manifest what you don't want. And if you're not aware that you can control, and I don't mean control and of course life, you can't control life, but you can control your intentions. You can control your reactions. You can control your emotions. And that's actually what guides you towards the outcome. Of course, things can always happen, but like if you have the intention to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and you think about the ingredients you need, that intention is going to guide you to go find them and put them all together. And so what was once an idea in your mind is now on your plate (laughs) in physical reality. Um, But that's, that's of course the easy part. If you do know what you want, I like to think of, you know, negative manifestation would be to me, Like if you are seeing the world through a particular lens, then you kind of attract that type of thing, Mm -hmm. um, which we can get into that if you want to, but I just wanted to, to say that part. No. Yeah. I love that you said that because that's actually, can you hear the dogs playing? Is it distracting? Nope. I can't hear it. (laughs) Okay. Good. They're literally playing right here. And I'm like, guys, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but no, I love that you said that because I go over that with my one-on-one clients. Like that is one of the number one things that I start going over is I'm like, Hey, like, Tell me five things that you don't want. Okay, great. Because you came up with that really easy, right? Because it's almost like you're thinking about it all the time because most people are. Most people are always thinking about, I hate this part of my life. Fuck this. Fuck this person. I hate about, I hate this. That like just complaining, right? Those chronic complainers um, because they're constantly thinking about what they want, which means they're going to get more of it. So, and then the, like another thing I do with my one-on-one clients is I'm like, okay, now that you know, clearly like what you don't want, are you really clear about what you do want? And most people are like, no. And then like fears start coming up. Right. And so I love, love, love that you said that it's so relevant. And I think it's just the matter of like, it's not like a blame game. Like, oh, well, like, well, no wonder your life is the way that it is because it's your fault because you manifest. It's like, it's not even like a blame game. It's just like what you said, like people aren't even aware that that's what they need to do in order to shift it. And it's like, once somebody shows them that they're like, Oh, (laughs) that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And you make such a great point because, and I've struggled this with struggled with this myself where I will get clear on what it is that I want But then, and I think I'm on my, on the track of going towards what I want, 
because I have that intention, but then the fears and the doubts and the, what I don't want gets really sneaky. And then it tends to be where I'm, even though I know what I want, I'm still thinking about what I don't want in the back of my mind, because that's been my habit of thought. And so in my mind, I'm thinking like, Oh, I don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen. And I'm like trying to think that that is moving me towards what I do want. Those beliefs can be so tricky, sticky. It's like those old ways of thinking can get stuck and you keep thinking about what you don't want, even though you do know what you do want. And it's such a small shift. But when you do that, it's like, that's when, that's when you can crack the code a little bit. When you finally stop thinking about what you don't want, you've thought about that enough and start thinking about what you do want. Yeah, it definitely takes some practice for sure. Cause even like with anxiety, like I've noticed that, like, if I'm feeling anxious that I'll be like, Oh, like, I really don't want to feel anxious. Like, this is going to fuck up my whole day. Like, and I'll start trying to find ways to make myself feel better. And I realize that when I'm doing that, I'm actually putting more energy on not having anxiety. Whereas, whereas now I'm just like, Oh, I'm feeling a little anxious today. It'll pass. And then like, it goes away. It's like, if you just let your emotions, like come through and pass and we don't attach meaning to it, mm-hmm. um, then we can get through it and keep moving in the direction we want to go. It's, it's so funny that we are the one people, <laughs> we're the one person that is standing in our own way. We like blame other people and circumstances and stuff, but it's really us. Totally. And understanding RRT taught me this, that understanding that the subconscious mind and the universe they don't understand negation. So you can't mm-hmm. say, I, you know, I don't want, or, you know, you have to use the positive word because it'd be like me telling you, don't think about a mermaid. You're going to think about a mermaid, even though I'm saying don't. So it's like, don't be anxious. It's like anxious. Mm-hmm. So, and it's such a subtle shift. Like you said, it takes practice. Um, and you're right. We're the only one that can, that can shift it. No one can do it for us. We can listen to all the audiobooks, all the podcasts, take all the courses. Um, but we have to do it ourselves. Yes. Yes. I love that you brought that up because I feel like I just listened to so many audiobooks and read so many books. And I just was always like, why isn't anything changing for me? And I realized mm-hmm. it was because I loved the concept of changing my unconscious mind, but that I wasn't actually doing it myself. Right. Right. And I think, I mean, we love social, we love, you know, all of the personal development and the books. I mean, you and I were junkies for that kind of stuff. 100%. But, and I, I think when you find the right thing, cause you can hear something a million times, but then it'll finally click. And I think that's why it is so good to continue to listen to books and to continue to grow. I'll never stop listening to personal development books and finding more because I love learning and I'll hear something that I've heard before, but someone said it a different way. Um, and it just, Finally, it gives me the little kick I need to be able to take action on it, um, which goes even more into like why it's so important to share your message, even if other people have said it a million times, because the way you say it, the way you articulate it, the way you embody it is going to shift it for someone else. And that's been so true for me lately. Like, I'll finally be like, oh, I get it now. I get (laughs) I get it now. Now I can shift that for myself. Not that we need other people, but I think it's such a beautiful way to be inspired to actually do the personal development, but then do it. 100%. Yeah. Your mess is your message, right? Oh, yes. Everybody's mess is different. And I mean, I feel like that's why we're like out of all, think about it, like out of all the people that are in RRT, somehow you and me 
connected. And it's like, I want, it always makes me think like there must be some kind of like unconscious energy that's floating around that just pulls people in, but we don't know why. Totally. Totally. I mean, and it would have been so easy for me not to stumble across RRT. Like I found mm-hmm. out about it because I was following a couple of people on Instagram that shared about it. And if, if I hadn't been following them, maybe I wouldn't have heard about it and I would have never met you. Like, it's just the most beautiful divine. It was meant to happen. It's so cool. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, so how would you say that learning about manifestation, we talked about, I have, my question is, um, how has it helped you personally? Which it seems like we've already covered that. How would you say that manifestation has helped you professionally? Because I know that you, you know, you're a content manager, a podcast manager. How has that bled into your professional life? Yeah. So I always wanted to kind of have my own thing. I always wanted to have my own business. I wanted to have control of my time. I wanted to have time freedom and financial freedom. And I realized when I had my spiritual awakening, you know, eight to 10 years ago, that kind of brought me into this world. I started to realize that I would need to take my life into my own hands with what I want in mind and manifestation has helped me because I realized that it's not so much of just me doing the work. Like I remember before the last job that I had before I'm doing what I'm doing now, I was working at Lululemon. It was a great job. Loved the discount, loved the clothes. I was obsessed. But before that I was working at a yoga studio and I wanted more for myself, didn't quite know what it was. And I would search on indeed.com for hours and hours and just try and try and try to push and push and push for the perfect situation that would be like my next thing. And all the while I'm reading spiritual books talking about like, you know, put out your intention, you will manifest the perfect opportunities. And I'm like, okay, that works for them, but it doesn't work for me because I'm trying to manifest like another job. I really want something like I'm not, and, and then people, you've got people on the other end of the spectrum who are like, a new job's not going to come knocking on your door. You got to go and find it and pursue it. So I finally gave up, like not gave up searching, but I was just like, okay, universe, if you are going to bring me something, then I'll just go ahead and stop looking because I'm trying to make these jobs that do not light me up at all fit into my life. And it just felt like resistance. And so the yoga studio that I was working at at the time this, uh, this girl came in to take a yoga class and she had a stack of like flyers in her hand. And she said, hi, uh, I'm here with Lululemon. There wasn't a Lululemon in my town. Uh, we're coming to town. We're doing a pop-up and we're just looking to see if anybody wants a job. And I'm like, did, did a job just come knocking at my door after I have been trying to manifest a job knocking at my door? And so I'm like, absolutely. And I mean, I had an interview the next week and next thing you know, I'm hired with a full-time position at a company that I was really excited to work for at the time. And so that was like, okay, wait a minute, maybe this can work for me, you know? And for people who are listening, who are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard the stories, but it never works for me. That's where I was too. And then it did work for me. Now, of course, Lululemon was not my end all be all, but it was like the most beautiful opportunity for me to see, okay, actually there is something to this. And so I've taken that trust in myself, which the confidence came from experience. And so I realized, okay, I can actually, I can manifest things. This is really cool. 
And so fast forward, COVID hit, and I'm like, you know what, I really need to, I, I want to take my life into my own hands. This job has been great for me, but I don't want to move up the corporate ladder and <laughs> it's retail. I'm not going to have time freedom. So I decided looking at ways to work from home, long story short, became a virtual assistant. And I'm like, great, this is amazing. This is what I want to do. I have these skills. I'm learning. I'm so excited. But now how do I get clients? And just so happened that someone who I was into multi-level marketing at the time, a prior, like I had tried and tried, those was one of the many things I had tried. And someone who was in the essential oil company that I was in the past selling for reached out to me and said, hey, how are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm great. This is what I'm doing now. I'm going to become a virtual assistant. And they're like, oh, do you do this? And I said, no, but I'd be happy to learn. And they're like, great, we'll hire you. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, I just, I'm not having to go and find these things. It's like when I tune into manifestation, it's like the literally things are dropped into my awareness that I then respond yes or no to. And so to this day, I haven't had to go out and find clients for what I'm doing now. It's like that client referred me to another client. I, a client that I had who was a friend of mine referred me to another, like it's been the most bizarre, wild, like can hardly believe it's real type of thing. So it has completely 100% changed my business life and influenced it in every way. Oh my God. I love your answer so freaking much. Like that story about Lululemon is so freaking cool. I love shit like that. Okay. So awesome. So I can see now that it's definitely affected you personally, definitely affected you professionally. Like, so just to show our listeners that literally manifestation is in all aspects of your life. It's not like you sit down one morning and you manifest everything you want and then you forget about it and you don't think about it at all during the day. Like it's always happening, always surrounding us. I love it. That's freaking awesome. Yes. And I will say one thing I was not doing <clears throat> meditating. So if people tell you, you have to meditate to be able to manifest, no, you don't have to. I am so meditating. True. It's something that I love to learn about, but then I don't implement it in my life. I just don't make the time. Um, but I'm doing that now. But I will just say, like, there's nothing that you have to do, or like, you are attracting based on your energy, no matter what you're doing or not doing. You can't fuck it up. You can't do it wrong. As long as you keep going with your intention, it's eventually going to work out in the way that it was meant to. Yes. Yes. And yeah, I, I love that you said that because I think a lot of people are like, I don't have time to sit down and write affirmations and write my manifestation down and, and meditate and, and do all this and go to Reiki. And it's like, you don't need to do any of that. Those are just like, they just kind of help you get into that mindset. But even if you didn't write down anything, you just went about your day and you thought about things to be grateful for, because right. If you want to attract abundance, you better start noticing what's around you that's abundant. Um, even if you just went about your day, starting with gratitude, thinking about three things you're grateful for. And then you went about your day thinking like this job is fueling me to get where I want to go. Or like everybody around me, we're the best team ever. And like, you're just going to start finding evidence of all of that. So I love yes. that you said that. Yes. Yes. And it ties so much into the law of attraction, which is another buzzword that you'll hear with manifestation a lot. I mean, they almost go hand in hand. I think they're so intertwined. You could even argue that they're one and the same, but it's almost like when you are on a particular frequency or if you're in a certain mood, if you want to take away the woo-woo-ness, it would be like if you, when you're on the way to work and you're grouchy, you're hitting all the red lights, you run into someone grouchy, you 
spill your coffee, you back into something like when you start to see how your energy influences your day, just like take the energy that you're in, take it for a little test drive, see if that's what you want. If it's not what you want, shift it. Like that's probably been the most powerful thing for me. Of course, like you said, manifest or meditation is great. If you have the the time for it and it makes you feel good, it of course is going to speed up your well, maybe not speed up, but I guess get you into alignment with your intention. But it. yes, yes. But it's, um, yeah, it's, it's almost like when you, when you get it, you see things differently and yeah, take off the pressure of trying to get it right or doing what everyone else does. Like you'll find your own way. Yeah. It's almost like a really hard thing to explain because you can't really like put words to the feeling, but it's like, once you get it, you know that you've gotten it and you know that you're in alignment and things feel good and things feel effortless and easy. And like, you're not, I think it's because maybe like, there's like the identity of who we've been and then who we think the identity of the person who has what we want is. But it's actually, and I think a lot of people think that when you're trying to manifest things, you need to add a bunch of stuff into your life, but it's actually, you need to remove things in your life, right? Like habits that aren't serving you anymore, thought patterns that aren't taking you in the direction you want to go, beliefs about your potential and your, and what's possible for you. People in your life that are probably dragging you down, like you are the sum of the five people that you hang out with. And I, I know that you know this because, and I think a lot of people get caught up in like, the, oh my God, like, but they're my best friend. Like, how do I, I don't want to just like stop being friends with them. It's like, well then don't, but like, if you are around people all the time that are lazy, have, don't have aspirations, have pity parties for themselves all the time, have a scarcity mindset. It's nearly impossible to get to where you want to go. And if you don't want that, it means you can still love those people, you know, like you can still love those people, but it doesn't mean that you have to be so deeply a part of them. Does that make sense? Totally. Totally. And I do think that when you start on this journey, when you start to change your identity, it can cause a little bit of friction with people Mm -hmm. that you love because you're going after what you want. And sometimes if that's not the same path that the people you're hanging out with are going down, then it might come off as abrasive. And so just being aware of that and just energetically protecting yourself and allowing your, allowing their thoughts and their, you know, cause like you said, if you don't want to stop being friends with them, cause of course that's not what this is about. It's not like you need to cut people out of your life if it doesn't, I mean, unless of course that's what you think is best, but kind of creating a, a bubble around yourself so that their thoughts don't penetrate you so that you can be, in your own energy. And maybe it's just about tightening up your boundaries, like not talking to them first thing in the morning, maybe, or not hanging out with them every single weekend. Um, yeah, I think that the people you spend time with is a huge, um, thing that can either slow you down or on the opposite side, speed you up. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, right totally. And I noticed that like, like when I moved from Salt Lake down to St. George, that I was able to like, I had so much more time. Cause like, don't get me wrong. Like I love drinking and I love partying. That's a great time. And that's what I was doing a lot up in Salt Lake. Cause like, that's just kind of like what our friend group did. That's what I grew up doing. And so when we moved down to St. George, I was like, 
finding that I didn't really have the desire to party anymore, to drink anymore, like to do any of those things. And I had so much more time to focus on building my business. I had so much more time to think about like the person that I wanted to be. And I just like, like blocking out all the noise and like, I'm not saying you have to move away, but like setting more time aside for yourself, like investing in yourself to, you know, really figure out what you do want. Cause I'm still feel like I'm figuring out what I want. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I used to identify as the most indecisive person on the planet. Like Same. you could ask me what I want for dinner. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Like, you know, in college, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to mm-hmm. do? I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. But I found that for me, at least a lot of the time I did know, I just didn't think it was possible. Yes. Yes. 100%. Yeah. So going back to, you know, what we were talking about kind of with reprogramming your mind and changing your beliefs. It's like those beliefs can be sneaky, you know? Mm-hmm. And when I, I know when I first started my business and I started making money, I kind of had these like, oh, like, who am I to make more money than my parents who work so hard? Like, why is it that my parents have to go to work and they don't have to do anything? They choose that. Unfortunately, I wish that they, you know, I don't wish anything different. I love them the way they are. But there was a part of me who was wishing that they didn't have to work so hard because I felt guilty that I wasn't working so hard as them, which then helped me to highlight that that whole, you have to work really, really, really hard to get money. That belief was still kind of playing in the background of my mind, which is what made it hard for me to claim that I wanted to do X, Y, and Z because I didn't quite think it was possible or that I was worthy of it. Um, so yeah, it's just, there are so many layers to it, but those, mm-hmm. those beliefs that are hanging around in the background can really make it hard for you to claim what you want. Sometimes you do know. Yeah. Yeah. And if you ask yourself, what if you did know? Mm-hmm. I was, I was listening to this book this morning about, um, it's by Dean Graziosi, but he talks about how what if the story that you've been telling yourself about why you can't have what you want, you, why you can't live up to your full potential. What if you met your maker today? What if you met God, the universe, whoever it is today? And they sat down and they asked you, I gave you all of this. Why didn't you live up to your full potential? And like, my story would have been, well, because I had a hard time growing up, like, because my parents divorced and got remarried a bunch of times. And then I was married at a young age and it was a bad divorce. And he's like, what, like, as you, as I was saying that out loud, when I was listening to this book, I was like, that's not a valid story. Like, you you know what I mean? Like, like that just sounds like such an excuse. And, and, and Dean was like, if you, you should, I want you to become disgusted (laughs) with your story. I want you to be like, so like, wait, that's why I'm not having the life that I want because at the end of my life if I think that that's the reason why I couldn't live up to my full potential because I didn't have a good childhood or because I had a bad relationship like that's the reason my whole the rest of my life is gonna be doomed I was just like what wow what a mindset shift that's so deep that's so Mm -hmm. deep and that actually reminds me of the master class that I was just listening to um where it was Melanie Ann Lair, her free masterclass called Quadrant. And on day four of that masterclass, she was talking about 
and this goes hand in hand with what you're saying, we get to be the one to do whatever it is that we decide we're going to do. Like, just like kind of rewriting your story. I get to be the one that never thought it was possible for me to have time and financial freedom. And I spent 10 years fucking around, not doing it. And then all of a sudden I did do it. And I get to be the one that pays off my parents' debt. I get to be the one that, you know, doesn't take no for an answer. I get to be the one that X, like fill in the blank. I get to be the one and I am the one. Like when you talk about the, the, the odds of you even being born, it's like, of course you're the one. And if you have a sibling, think about how different you and your sibling are or siblings that you know, how different they are. The, like you are the one. It, you could have been a million different possibilities, different combinations of versions of you and you're what came through. So you are the one. Of course, you're the one. And you're the only one who can make a difference in yourself. And it's by choosing that I am the one that, and unfortunately we can choose to be the one that stays stuck on a problem for 10 years. We can choose mm -hmm. to be the one to stay in a job that we literally hate. We can be the one who spends our week waiting for the clock to tick until 5 p.m. and live for the weekends. You can spend your time being the one that way, or you can spend your time being the one who does whatever it is that you want to do. And this is not my idea. This is Melanie Ann Lair. I just was so inspired by hearing it. Wow. I was like, whoa, that was probably the biggest mindset shift that I've gotten in a long time. And when I just say those words, I am the one, it changes everything. I love that so much. You're blowing my mind just now. <laughs> I love that. And it's like, it's not like we, it's almost like we like emulate successful people. We're just like, oh, well, like they just have something special. Like, no, they don't have something no. special. They just decided that their fate wasn't going to be decided for them, that they were going to decide how their life was going to go. I mean, think about anybody's story. I mean, like Oprah, Colonel Sanders, like he was the one who, I don't even know his story, but he came up with that recipe when he was what? In his like 70s or 60s. 80s Okay, 60s. 60s. Mm -hmm. He was the one who that's when, and, you know, kind of tying in to the RRT perspective, plus what I heard her say in that, in that masterclass was like, a lot of people will get stuck on their, their past, kind of like you were saying, well, I had this marriage and I was, you know, this and that. So how could I be the one if I had those things happen? It's like, it doesn't matter. Those things happened and you are the one. Those things so, happened because you are the one that made you the one. Yes. Yes. And kind of like how the RT perspective on there's no other way things could have happened. Like they happened that way. And that was, you cannot entertain. What if that had happened? If it couldn't have, mm -hmm. if it could have, it would have. And so mm -hmm. it happened and you are still the one. So go run with it. How are you going to spend your time being the one? It's just, it's such a mindset shift. I'm so glad I listened to that because it's just been like, it changed everything. I need to listen to that. Carrie sent that to me and I haven't listened to it yet. <laughs> yes. I love is. this. Amazing. Amazing. I love this conversation. It's so good, Carrie. Okay. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Okay. So, <clears throat> so you built a business because you decided that during the pandemic, um, that going into work wasn't for you anymore. Right. So I want to talk about like what kind of fears or blocks that you ran into and what you did, and then we've already kind of covered this, but what you did to be the one. Yeah. 
to overcome those. So totally. So some of the main fears that I came across were like, I know how to do this, but I'm self-taught. I know how to do this, but I'm not an expert. Are people going to want to hire me if I'm not an expert? Are people going to want to hire me if I'm not a professional, if I don't have a degree in this, if I'm not, you know, in the beginning, what if I don't have a portfolio? Are people going to want to trust me? Are they going to want to pay me? How can I charge what I think I'm worth if I don't have, you know, those types of things? Yes. Um, And so the only solution for me was to actually get better. I'm never going to feel better if I don't get better. And so kind of detaching my confidence, like I can't, I couldn't expect myself to feel confident in my abilities when I was just starting. And so kind of just being okay with the fact that I'm going to feel like I'm not good enough until I prove to myself that I am good enough. And my clients are amazing and they always fill me up. And so I guess asking for feedback is a great way to mitigate that, that fear and you can apply this to whatever situation, whatever job you're in, ask for feedback because it can be so hard to see yourself the way they see you and maybe they don't tell you. And so, yeah, just, and also embracing being a beginner. Like, yes. why is it bad to be a right? beginner? Like, can't we enjoy the time that we suck for the little bit of time that we suck? It's only Literally. Once. And everybody starts at zero. Like right. nobody, I, I posted about this yesterday, but like nobody like, signs up for a marathon when you've never run a day in your life. Like it's okay. And I think it's because we're so afraid of feeling like we're behind Mm -hmm. in life. But, but it's like, if, if we feel like we're behind in life, then we're implying that people are ahead of us. But like, it's so true. The only way to get to be able to run a marathon is by starting with short distances and then building up building up, building up, building up. You don't run a marathon by going from not running to running a marathon. That's a good way to hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. So, but we think that's the way it goes. You go from here to professional. No, no, no. That's not how you get there. And yet we're not willing to suck. We're not willing to be slow if it's running. We're not willing to be out of breath or, you know, like that's such a great um, example because with running, like I'm a runner, And I was back of the pack all throughout my school years, like behind the fat kids slow. (laughs) It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing when you're huffing and puffing and you can't breathe, you know, Uh (laughs) you got to start somewhere. What? I just had this thought. What if, what if we do that? What if we don't want to start at zero because we're more obsessed with getting to the destination than we are the journey. We don't want to go through the journey. It's like people that want to lose a bunch of weight and like they want the body, but they don't want the lifestyle that's associated with the body. Yep. And you know, what's so funny about that is if you ever go to the gym and you see someone who's very big and they are working their ass off, that person inspires me more than the guy with six pack abs who's doing 700 pull-ups, right? So it's funny how when we're the one who's the beginner, we're like, Ooh, everybody's thinking that I suck, but actually you're probably inspiring people with your grit. Carrie, that's so good. (laughs) Yes, that is really good. And I just thought of that. Like (laughs) there's this guy at my gym who, I don't know what happened, but he had casts on both feet and he was coming into the gym in the wheelchair and doing stuff with his arms. And I'm like, 
goddamn, I need to pick it up. Literally. <laughs> Literally. Both feet just fine. And he like, I, it makes me want to kick it up a notch. Thank goodness yeah. he showed up that day because it made me push harder. So, and it's so easy for us to even, even here's another story with the gym. I was at the gym and I was kind of looking towards the treadmills and there was this older gentleman who was running on the treadmill or walking and he fell off the treadmill. And of course there were people right there that came, picked him up. He was totally fine. And if that was me, I would have been so mortified. Yeah. And he just like threw himself off. And and I'm like trying to pretend like I hope he didn't see me looking because I don't want him to think that I was looking because if I was him, I wouldn't want anybody to be looking. And so I pretended like I didn't see it. And I <laughs> and I'm over here thinking like, oh my God, if I was him, I would be so embarrassed. And he's probably thinking, oh, they're they're thinking of me in a bad way. They think I'm this old man who's clumsy. I was thinking about myself in that moment. You know what I mean? Oh. Whoa. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> So even if you fly off the treadmill at the gym, people probably even then still are not thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. Whoa. Oh my God. That's so good. That that's like the, the, I am what I think you think I am. Yes. Whoa. Oh my God. That's so good. (laughs) And then when I see that guy, I'm like, that's the guy who fell off the treadmill and he doesn't give a fuck. Like he still comes every day. He's one of those guys who comes every day. Oh my God. I love that so freaking much. And we make a big deal out of things like that for no fucking reason. And it's like, if you don't make a big deal out of it, then it's not a big deal. Right. If he had like run away crying, then everybody Mm -hmm. at the gym would be talking about it. Right. But like, He was like, okay, I fell off the, the treadmill. Why are you looking at me anyways? <laughs> right. He He's deciding he gets to be the guy who fell off the treadmill and it means nothing. Yeah. Like he gets to decide that. Well, if it was wow. me, I probably would have never gone back to that gym. You know what I right? mean? Being dramatic, but you know, I would be so mortified because mm-hmm. in the moment we cannot think about anything but ourselves. And that's the beautiful part of it. It doesn't matter where you're at. You're always thinking about yourself and we're not that special. Everybody else is thinking about themselves too. We're so, oh you, we're so alike in that way, but we always think it's different. Well, it's like when you're, it's like when your friend comes to you and is telling you a story and you are unconsciously relating yourself to that story, even though we're not talking about us, we're talking about them. So you're constantly like, you're constantly thinking about yourself, even if you're not even consciously aware of it. Yep. Yep. Oh I don't God. think our brains are really designed to like, we have <clears throat> to relate it back. And of course, like we want to make the pe- the person feel heard and, you know, not be that person who just tells your story instead of responding to their story. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a little bit um, frustrating if you're the person who's trying to tell a story and yeah. then talk about as themselves, of course, <laughs> but like, that's how our brain works. We connect it to things. And I think we're also alike in that way. And if we remember that, I think we'll give ourselves a little bit more grace. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think it's a bad thing. Like I'm, I'm laughing because of just like the irony of it, but it's not a bad thing that we're always thinking about ourselves, like relating back to the RRT perspective. Of course, we're always thinking about ourselves, our unconscious minds, primitive, primitive priority or <laughs> prime directive is survival. So if we're not thinking about ourselves, we're not scanning for danger. We're not, you know, making sure that we're safe. We're not, you, you know what I mean? So, and I think totally. a lot of people are like, oh, well, you're being selfish. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a bad thing 
to be so, to some extent. Totally. I mean, we can only understand life through the lens that we've lived it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like, how can you not relate it to yourself? Because you yeah. can't be that person. You can't you have know nothing else to compare are. it to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I love this. I love this. I love this. Um, so I was thinking the other day, just like about how fears in my life, like feeling like imposter syndrome. Um, <clears throat> I had like this unconscious fear that my boyfriend was out to get me and that he was never on my side. And I feel like I developed that from my previous relationships where there was just like, not a lot of like I was never cheated on, but like never, like not a lot of loyalty. And even like my friends in school were never loyal to me. So I developed this idea in my head that um, I couldn't depend on people and I couldn't fully trust them. And I realized that this bickering and this arguing and this tension between my boyfriend and I was a manifestation of that fear. And so I wanted to ask you if you can think of a time in your life when a fear that you had ended up being a big manifestation of the way that your life was. That's a really good question. Like another thing I wrote down here was like, I was always procrastinating, always putting off what I wanted, playing the blame game. Um, it's always someone else's fault. It's my circumstances. Um, reading a million books, watching tons of YouTube videos, joining a bunch of memberships and courses and nothing changed until I realized I had to change the way that I was thinking about getting online and starting business for myself because imposter syndrome was massive for me and still is a little bit, but oh my God, so much, so much different. So I was wondering if yeah. you could think of one for you. Yeah. You know, after hearing that list that you just said, <clears throat> I think that what has driven my passion for self-development is this fear that I'm not going to live up to my highest potential. And then as a result of that fear, I'm consuming more and more and more YouTube, more courses, more books, more this, more that, and I'm not taking action on it. Therefore, I am fulfilling that fear of not tapping into my full potential because instead of actually doing the thing, I was too busy listening to how other people did the thing and more ways that I could do the thing. And I kind of fell into that personal development trap. Um, and then I still, even though I was consuming all of this beautiful stuff that makes me feel great in the moment, you know, and, and it's not that the people that I was listening to wasn't good because they were the best of the best. Like I love them, but it's just, I was really falling short on the execution side of things that it left this gaping hole in my heart feeling like I'm not doing enough which that feeling of me not doing enough makes me want to listen to more and read more and do more. And it's like this self-fulfilling prophecy that I was making it become true because I wasn't taking enough time to implement and to take action on the things that I was reading and hearing. Um, because I think I, I could have probably listened to a quarter, maybe even an eighth of what I had listened to, but had I taken action on even just 1% of it, but I just wasn't. I was feeling like I was because I, I understood the concepts and that's where it gets sneaky. So I'm not sure if that quite answers your question, but that's what felt true. No, it totally does. Um, <clears throat> just while you were talking, it made me think of one of my clients who she, during our follow-up meeting, she said, I have this, I have this big fear of sitting down and writing down gratitude. And I was like, 
why? She's like, I just, I feel like I'm afraid of what's going to come up if I sit down and I write down what I'm grateful for and maybe what I want in life. And I thought about it afterwards that I was like, maybe is it's, it's wild because it's like this big loop, like what you just said, like you want something in your life, but there's a fear that you can't have it or that you can't handle what comes up. And so you don't do it, but then you still want it. And it's just like this cycle that just goes it over and over and over again. And it's so funny because until you like really realize what the fear is, you can't change it. You can't even be aware of it. And so I think, I love what you said earlier about, I'm never going to stop listening to books and podcasts and courses and YouTube videos, because there's always something, there's always a belief that we've picked up either from our family, generationally, spiritually, for like we can pick up beliefs anywhere. Like there's always beliefs that are there that we don't even know that are there. It's like, what can I unbelieve today? You know? Absolutely. So. And then even going into that fear that you said, um, it reminds me of the Marianne Williamson quote that says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It's our light not our darkness that most frightens us, which is just the first part of the quote, but it's so true. Yeah, that's It can be scary to think like what, once you realize your light, there almost comes this layer of like, I hope I can live up to it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because then, then when you aren't taking the action, that's when it bothers you because you know you're meant for more. Yes, yes. And that... I, I, I hear the thing, like a, the fear all the time. Like I, I'm a, I'm afraid of success. And I never understood that until you just said that until you understood that, or until I understood that, like, it's not that you're afraid of having what you want of having the money, the relationship, the love, the, the abundance, you're afraid that you'll never live up to what your full potential is. And it's yeah. like, you'll never really know. You just have to put absolutely 110% of your soul in and hope <laughs> that you're tapping into that. <laughs> Totally. And also what if you fail, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't try, then you can't fail, which is that sneaky little thing that keeps us from starting. Mm-hmm. You know, people, some people are so afraid of failure that they won't even start. Mm-hmm. But anybody who has done anything, this is something I've been hearing all over. I mean, it's like, you have to fail your way to success. Mm-hmm. And what if we, just like we were saying, like, what if we love the beginning of our journey? What if we're so excited to fail because we know it means closer what if we're so excited to get those no's because it means we're closer to the yeses yes and it's it's like it's like when a baby starts walking like let's say a baby is getting up and walking and falling a bunch of times and falling and then he hits his head and he falls and like you would never be like okay baby like stop trying like you're you're just you're just failing a bunch of like you would never do that right Right. because you're just not eventually they're yeah because you know eventually they're gonna get it it's like um, Albert Einstein and the Thomas Edison. And like they failed and failed and failed and failed and failed so many times. But if you believe that there is a possibility of success and you hold on to that, it doesn't matter how many times you get told no or how many times you fail. Like you're manifesting it because you know it's coming. Just don't know when. Exactly. Love this. Okay. I have one more question for you. Um what would be your number one tip for someone who is new to manifestation and doesn't know where to start? 
Ooh, that's a fun question. <laughs> I'm trying to like go through my library of should I recommend a resource? A right. Person? Um oh man, I it's so hard not to want to word vomit here. Let me pick something that's right. simple and profound here. <laughs> New to manifestation and you don't know where to start. Follow what feels really juicy and exciting for you. Whether that means going to YouTube and typing in manifestation and then finding the thumbnail that picks out or jumps out at you, whether it is going, maybe you're a, you're a book person, maybe it means going to the bookstore and going to the self-development section and finding a, you know, Wayne Dyer book or a, you know, Abraham Hicks book or what have you, um, or Gabby Bernstein, Gabby Bernstein, I don't know why I had a brain fart on her name for a second. Um, but I think just making it fun and making it feel good to you. Like it shouldn't feel like a chore. It shouldn't feel like you have to do this thing, but just learn something that, that lights you up. And I would say kind of more of a practical tip is just like, be open to the possibility that you actually have more control in this life than you may have given yourself credit for. Because I think having that belief be open, you know, like Joe Dispenza stuff is another, he's another person that I love. And the placebo effect is so powerful that we get to be right. Whether we, you know, wh whatever you think, whether you think you can, or you think you can't, you're right. And so just keeping that belief open that, whatever it is that you're trying to do or overcome, your belief is the strongest thing you have to work with. Which you have complete control over. Yeah. Love it. That was a great, great answer. I love it. Will you please, please tell our listeners how they can work with you and how to get in contact with you? Why, of course. So you can find me on Instagram over at, oh my Lord, Carrie Ford is my handle. Um, that's the best place to find me. I've got a link in my bio there. If you want to work together in terms of maybe you want me to edit your podcast or you're thinking of launching a podcast, um, that's the best place to find me. Um, and if you listen to this, send me a DM and say, hi, I'd love to meet you. Amazing. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being with me today. I had so much fun on this conversation with you. Do you have anything else you want to add before we end this? No, it was perfect. So much fun. Thanks for having me. Of course. Anytime. I, anytime. I'm sure we'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Amazing. All right. I love you.